Welcome to Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us this week for Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44, with Pastor John Barrera. Good morning again. Well, I am blessed. I am double blessed because, number one, it is my first Palm Sunday message that I get to share with the family. So I'm looking forward to that. And number two, that uh, it's nice that our, our Pastor John, Pastor John King, he's on, he's on vacation. He's taking a little break, a breather. And so it's good. You know, it's good for him to get away with his bride and just to enjoy some time. And uh, it, I am just, like I said, blessed to be here this morning to share. Amen. A couple from the last time that uh, I was able to uh, share with you, the church family, I learned a couple lessons. Number one, I need to stay hydrated. Because I don't know if you all remember it, uh, I was starting to hack on my words because my mouth was getting dry. So I said, okay, have water. Number two, have my Greek expert, Tony. Last time I was choking on the Greek words and she came through. So sister, I might need you again. So, <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, Good morning. Like I said, I'm very excited. Palm Sunday. We're all familiar with Palm Sunday. You know, I remember uh, being a little boy and there was something about Palm Sunday because we'd go to church and then we'd get these palm leaves and they'd teach you how to like fold it into a cross or you'd walk around with it, you know. And then I see the children's ministry and got the, and you got the palm leaves. So I'm like, oh man, so they're going to have fun with the palm leaves. So I, I just may cut the service early so that I can go check out those palm leaves. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, for us who profess Christ, Palm, Palm Sunday is important. And this whole week is important. Um, you know, what, what, what is Palm Sunday? Well, Palm Sunday celebrates the triumphal entrance of Jesus to Jerusalem. Uh, you probably also heard it called Passion Sunday. Um, it's the first day of Holy Week. You probably heard it, heard it called Holy Week as well. Uh, it's the week before Easter, you know, Jesus' resurrection, and it's the final seven days of his earthly ministry. So, like I said, blessed time this morning, but before I even go forward, would you please join me in a word of prayer? Lord, this is your word, and what an honor it is, Father, to just be able to share what you have for us this morning. And Lord, I just ask, Father, that I would decrease and you would increase, Lord. I pray that you prepare the hearts of my brothers and sisters, Lord. And I thank you that I have your assurance and your confidence that your word does not return void. So now, Lord, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, open our eyes and our ears, and let us take in what you have to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, going back to what I was talking about, Palm Sunday. You know, Palm Sunday is one of those events that's recorded in all four Gospels. So for you note takers out there, let me give them to you. Four Gospels, this, this event is recorded. Matthew 21, 1 through 9. Quick drink real quick. It's also recorded in Mark 11, verses 1 through 10. I hear pins. That's good. Good. Also, you'll find this account in Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 39. And finally, you'll find it in the book of John, chapter 12, verses 12 through 18. Again, all all four gospels record this event. Also, here's another thing. You probably know this, but it's exciting because on Palm Sunday, his entrance, Jesus' entrance to Jerusalem is the fulfillment of prophecy. Where do we see that at? It's in Zechariah 
9.9. It's Jesus literally fulfilling prophecy. Zechariah 9.9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Also, it's uh, mentioned it's in, in Isaiah 62.11. Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, Say to the daughter of Zion, Surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his, war, his reward is with him and his work before him. You want some more? Here is another one. Palm Sunday was prophesied in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, 500 years before the event took place. All right. And what's interesting about Palm Sunday, what's cool is, up until Jesus' ministry, you know, for the most part, he's avoided uh, displays. He's avoided taking the attention. You know, uh, many times he said, "No, my my hour has not come." I'll give you some examples of that: Matthew eight four, Matthew nine thirty, and Matthew twelve sixteen. But this time, this time was different on Palm Sunday. This time, he was now ready to present himself publicly as the Messiah. And king. Right? This uh, this scene, the way it, the way he orchestrated, the way that he did was um, what's that word? It was a not a royal ceremony um, procession. It was a, a royal procession, and he wanted everyone to know that he was the Messiah. He was the promised one. He was the one that the prophets were speaking about. He was the one that the Jews were waiting for. Every detail of his entrance on Palm Sunday was to leave no doubt to his disciples and to everyone that he was fulfilling prophecy. If you, if you go into earlier chapters of, of Luke, you will see that even to the disciples, he was, the things that the events that he was uh, doing was preparing. And his disciples thinking, wow, okay, this is, this is something good, something big is going to happen. See, in, in Luke chapter 22, verse 7 to 13. I'm not going to read it, but I'm just going to paraphrase. Uh, Jesus sends Peter and John to prepare the Passover. Jesus says, hey, go to the city. Go to the city. You're going to see some dude carrying water. Uh, he's going to, and just, you're going to see him. Just tell him, hey, the teacher says, where's the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Dude's going to look at you, give you a thumbs up, and takes, and going to take you to a large upper room. Okay, the dude part, that's my, that's, that's a John Barrera translation Bible. Okay, that, that's just me. You're not going to find that anywhere, okay? All right. And, and see, that, that's kind of cool because, you know, if you're the disciples, you're going into town, you're going, okay, well, Jesus said there's going to be some dude carrying water, and there's a dude, you know? So, and, and you're, gonna, you're just going to say, the teacher needs this, and, and he's going to know. To, you know. to me, if I had to put that in, like, in, in modern translation, that'd be like saying, John, go to Walmart. And at Walmart, you're going to see a Hyundai Sonata silver with black rims. And on that Hyundai Sonata, you're going to see an envelope. And in that envelope, there's going to be a key fob. And use that key fob to open the door. And if anyone asks you, what are you doing? Just say the teacher needs it. So I go to Walmart. I see the silver Hyundai with black rims. There's an envelope. I open up the envelope. I see the key fob. I get ready to open the door. And someone, hey, bro, what are you doing? Oh, the teacher says I can have it. Okay, you're cool, man. Go ahead. I mean, imagine if that happened in real life. And so I'm sure as the disciples were doing this, they're going, whoa, okay, 
This is cool. Another, exa- another example of this was in Luke 19, uh, verses 29 through 35. Now, Jesus doesn't say specifically here. The scripture just tells us that he sends two disciples to another village where they find his young donkey tied. And that Jesus says just to untie the donkey and bring it back. And if anyone asks you why are you untying it, to say the Lord needs it. And sure enough, those disciples go. They see the colt. They untie it. Someone says, hey, what are you doing? The Lord needs it. Cool. Go ahead. Again, my, my paraphrase. So you see that as the disciples were doing this, as they're praying for this Passover, this was something big this time. See, Jesus and the disciples had celebrated Passover before. They've gone to Jerusalem many times before, but this time was different. And leading up to it was different. So this, this wasn't a random spur-of-the-moment event. We see that this was deliberately prepared before the foundations of the earth. This, this event that took place on Palm Sunday, Jesus making his triumphal entry to Jerusalem, well, this was, was prophesied, and this was going to be shown so that people could finally recognize and see who the Messiah is. And they missed it. They missed it. Now, we can go, I mean, it, it, it's amazing here because, you know, as, when you take a look at Palm Sunday, and like I said, the prophecies and the different accounts in, in the Gospels, there's so much that we can talk about in regards to Palm Sunday. But the Lord put it on my heart, and so we're going to focus specifically on one section. It's uh, out of the four accounts of the Gospel, Luke goes into it. So our study today, we're going to hone in on, and we're going to be in Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44. And if I have to give this title, uh, a message, uh, a title, well, yeah, it's Palm Sunday, right? Palm Sunday message. But the message is, heed the tears of Jesus. Heed the tears of Jesus. And we're going to see within, within these few scriptures there's definitely a lot that the Lord wants to say to us this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let me get my drink of water so we stay hydrated. All right. So I'll give you a moment just to turn there. I'll be out of the, uh, the New King James Version. But again, Luke chapter 19, verse 41 through 44. And we're going to break down these, uh, these scriptures here. All right, verse 41. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. Okay. You see here, we're going to see here the, the broken heart of a loving God. Now, I, I actually, I looked at the King James Version of this same scripture. And I actually like the way the King James puts it instead. It says, he beheld the city. And if you look up, beheld, uh, the word in Greek is horao. Horao. And what that means is to see with his, not only to see with his eyes, but to see with the mind, and and, and to perceive, and and to know, and, and to experience. So it just wasn't a casual glance. No, no, he took it in. He took it in as he was coming down, and he paused for that moment, and he was able to look over the city. And he took it in. And as, I was, as he was coming down, mind you, this is God. Jesus is God. So his, what, what, imagine what he was seeing. He was seeing, you know, 
the, the town, probably recognizing the buildings. Oh, this is the, the, the municipal buildings. This is where they do commerce. Oh, this is the people where they live. He was able to take that all in. And being God, probably he was even probably honing in. Oh, yeah, there's, there's mothers preparing meals for their kids. Oh, look, I see it. You know, there's men over there just doing their, their daily work. Uh, there's, there's people, you know, he could take this all in. And he had visited Jerusalem many times before. But see, this, uh, like I was saying earlier, this visit was supposed to be different. And we're going to see in a few moments here on the scripture that tells us now. See, as he drew near, he was taken in and seen everything. He saw the city and wept over it. The Greek word for weeping is kaleo. Kaleo, okay? Which means not just a boo-hoo. This is an intense sobbing. This is a grief. His heart is breaking. This is, this is the kind of weeping that seizes you. This is the kind of weeping that we would call breakdown. He broke down and he cried aloud. Now, mind you, this wasn't just a little private moment by himself. He was surrounded by people. They're, going, they're probably wondering, Dude, why? What's, what, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're about to come down a triumphal entry here. Why are you crying? Okay. Why did he weep? But you know what? Let me before we answer that, we're going to. I mean, that's the whole purpose of today's message. I want to show that. But I, I submit to you reasons that he was not weeping. Okay, and a little weird for note for us note takers out there. But let me give you reasons why he did not weep. He was not weeping because of the fickleness of the people. He, he knew those same people that were about to lay their palm branches, lay their coats, cry out, Hosanna, save us, Hosanna. He knew, because he was God, that just a few days later, they'd be the ones screaming for his crucifixion. Okay. That'd make me weep. I'd be honest with you. I'd be like, gosh, you people... Seriously? Really? No, no, no. That did not make him weep. And here's another reason why he did not weep. He did not weep because of what awaited him in the city. Mind you, there he would be betrayed. He'd be bound. He'd be scourged. He'd be spit upon. He'd be beaten beyond recognition. And then ultimately nailed to a cross by mocking and callous Roman soldiers. Okay. Planned out have been reason enough to weep there what waited him. But that didn't make that wasn't the reason why he wept. If we look at the next verse, we're going to get the reason why. Verse 42, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Jesus weeps because they missed the day. They missed the special day that was made especially for them. They rejected the one that created the special day that was made especially for them. Worse yet, they killed the one they rejected that, who created a special day especially for them. And look again at that verse. Look again at the verse. If you had known... Even you, if you had known, even you, what he's saying, you of all people should have known this. You should have known. 
You are the descendants of Abraham. You, you had been called by God to be a light to the other nations. You, you had the prophet Zechariah and Daniel, Isaiah telling you of this day. You should have known. Drink of water. See, especially in this day, or it says there, I, I like what David Guzik says. He says, this is your day when he said that. Those words were important because it was the day prophesied that by Daniel that the Messiah would come into Jerusalem. Daniel said it would be 483 years on the Jewish calendar from the day of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem to the day the Messiah would come to Jerusalem. So literally, 483 years later to the day, Jesus was fulfilling that day. That day that was, that's mentioned in Daniel, that day, that was the day. That was the day. And they missed it. They missed it. Now, here's the thing. Okay, John, John, calm down, man. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, they missed it. And you know what? In all honesty, if, I, if I'm truthful with myself, if I'm honest, I, I can't be mad at the people because I'm guilty of the same thing too. You know, the people wanted, they were being harassed. The children of Israel, the people of Israel were being harassed and they were being oppressed by their pagan nations. Okay. They wanted relief. They were thinking, oh, Messiah's coming. They're, they're, want, they're wanting political relief. They're wanting, they're wanting to be relieved of that current situation. They were not thinking they weren't thinking long-term, and they weren't thinking the, the, the crux of it. See, see, the people were focused on, on, on this political relief. They were being oppressed by the Romans, and they wanted to be relieved of that, of that. But yet, in reality, this people, they were in sin. Their hearts were rebellious. And the religious leaders who were supposed to show them the way of God, show them the law, they were corrupt. The whole system was corrupt. And their hearts were corrupt. And so they're thinking they want the short term. And again, I, I, if I've got to be honest, I, I can admit, I, I can understand. I, you know, when we think, think about the things that, going through a trial, I want to be relieved of it. I don't, you know, I want to be, you know, I want it taken away, you know. And, and I can miss the whole point of why God's allowing it to happen. Well, in this situation, again, you know what? Their Messiah had come, literally fulfilling prophecy, and there are two, okay, yeah, yeah, Messiah's going to come in. Uh, but really, I, I, you know, we need to be relieved from Roman oppression. Their, their minds were not on the proper thing, you know? And we can't say these people were without excuse because even Jesus said in Luke 13, 34, Oh, Jerusalem and Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Jesus was their true and rightful king. Had they received him, they would have truly received peace. Had they received him and welcomed him, they would have received that freedom, true freedom from the forgiveness of their sins. They would have truly been set free. 
Yeah, the whole Roman oppression thing, that kind of wasn't cool. But man, as they received Jesus, they would have been free from their sins, free from the separation of God. But their mind, they were, they, they were fixated on just the temporal. And it, because it wasn't what they were wanting, they missed it. They missed it. There's a danger, again. I can, I can relate. I, I, you know, I go, I, I, oh, you people drew some, you missed it. But I, I can see it. You know what? We are no different. And like I was saying, we want relief from our present situation, we, our present suffering, our present circumstances. We take a look at what's going on, especially now, how things have just changed and things are, are happening in this world around us. We want to say, man, what's going on? Lord, fix this. Come on, Lord. Lord, come already. Things are getting crazy here. Things are just changing that I thought I couldn't even imagine what would have happened year, just five years ago, ten years ago. Lord, save now. But, but, he will. Oh, no, no, the Lord will. No, the Lord will. But, first things first, brothers and sisters, the Lord wants to address the main issue, sin. He wants to deal with that. That is the crux of it. Okay. Our sin, because it's our sin that kills us and separates us from God. You know, it says here in, in Timothy 2, 3 through 6, again, Timothy 2, 3 through 6, this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Again, 1 Timothy 2, 3-6. And again, you know what? We're here, we're, 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 we're waiting. Lord, come on, do something. Let's be encouraged because it says here, 2 Peter 3, 9. Second Peter verse, I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So yes, we want the Lord. We want the Lord to come. Lord, save us now from all this. And again, I gotta encourage you, He's going to. Oh, He will. Oh, He's going to. Our God is strong and mighty to save. But we just got to hang in there. We got to be patient because right, there are many who still haven't heard the good news. There are still many that are lost that still need to be saved. So just hang in there. Hang in there. God will make things right. Amen. 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 Look. Let's go to verse 43 and 44, okay? Because... It's going, to take a little, it's going to take a little sad turn here. But, you know, we preach the word chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And so this, in this portion of Scripture, this is the next verse, so I am not going to deviate. This is, what it, this is what the Lord has put that we share, and so I'm going to share it. Chapter, I'm sorry, verse 43, 44, still in Luke 19. For days will come, now Jesus, this is Jesus talking, for days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embarkment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, 
And they will not leave you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Whoa, whoa. This is again Jesus taking over, taking the view of the city, weeping because of broken heart. Yet he pronounces this terrible judgment. Let me, let me break it down again. Let me break it down. See, see, Jesus said five specific things that the Romans would do to Jerusalem. Number one, they were going to I mean, literally build an embarkment around Jerusalem. It was a, 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 war, a, a war method where you just trap them. They can't come in. They can't come out. If they try to go out, you get taken out. What happens to the people? Well, eventually everything's cool for a day or two, but food supply starts you know, dwindling, you know. Uh, water supply starts dwindling if they are not if they don't have a water source within. So pretty soon, these people who are become trapped in their own home in their own city okay, leads to not eating. If you don't eat, you starve. If you don't, if you starve, you die. Not only that, again, they're surrounding the city, laying siege. Again, the armed Romans were were, in, were laying siege to them. No one can come in. No one can come out. They try to go out. They get taken out. This was going to... Now imagine, from the Romans' perspective, you got these people that are trapped inside. They're going to get weak because of starvation. They're going to get weak because of any illnesses and that there's no care. They can't go outside. What this does is it weakens them, which means easy killing, easy prey. Come in and take them out. And that's exactly what the Romans did. Once they were at a weakened place... They didn't come in and go, okay, hey, we're here now. You belong to us. Oh, no, 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 no. They were cruel. When, 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 when Jesus says, and level you and your children within you to the ground, they did heinous things. Literally, when they say smashed the children to the ground, that's what they did. Think about any imaginable, unimaginable cruel thing. They were cruel about it because this, the Romans were conquering people, conquering those within that city, they laid a siege. Let me give you an example here. Um, the historian Josephus described the detail of the embankment. Okay, so this is uh, Josephus uh, putting this found in the War of the Jews. This is his. Uh, Josephus is a, is a secular dude, a historian, who just wrote this, of the events going on during this time. Okay, so this is what he wrote. All hope of escaping was now cut off from the Jews, together with their liberty of going out of the city. Then did the famine widen its progress and devour the people by whole houses and family, the upper rooms of women and infants that were dying by famine, and the lanes of the city were full of dead bodies of the aged, the children also, and the young men just wandered about the marketplaces like shadows, all swelled with, with the famine." and fell down dead wherever their misery seized them. Now for a time, the dead were buried, but afterwards, when they couldn't do that, they'd cast them down from the wall into the valleys beneath. Then, val- then bodies would stack up and just pile on. Putrefaction from these bodies would just leave a heavy stench. Okay, sorry, I, I know. John, where, dude, you're bumming me out, man. But see, this, this happened. Okay, what Jesus said, this happened. In, in Spurgeon, in, in regards to this, he, his comment was, there 
is nothing in history to exceed this whore that Josephus is talking about. But Spurgeon adds, adds on and says, but even this is nothing compared with the destruction of a soul. Okay. Now, okay, we've got to be real here. This judgment that Jesus is talking about, this was for them rejecting their Messiah. This judgment, this heavy judgment, was because they did not know the day of the visitation. Matthew Henry says, let other cities and nations take warning. And I may like to add on to that, let us take warning this morning. Let us take warning this morning. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry, I had that thing about that. See, when we look at this, okay, we look at this portion, yeah, we see Jesus weeping. We see his heart breaking for these people. And yet, in the very same breath, he pronounces this. He says what's going to happen. Okay? Yeah, we have to acknowledge that Jesus is God. So, I, in this portion of Scripture, I just can't say Jesus was proclaiming this. 40, verse 43 44, Jesus was just aware of the, of the coming destruction, or uh, Jesus was just privy to the, the coming destruction. No, no, look, if Jesus is God, and if I believe Jesus is God, right? John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. I have to realize that Jesus was more than just aware of this coming destruction, but this was something that was decreed before the foundations of the world. So if Jesus was about to do exactly what he wanted to do, then why would he weep? If he had chosen to destroy Jerusalem, why would he weep over it? Why? If these are sinners getting judgment, why cry? Why? You know, and we can't let the people of Jerusalem off the hook. We just can't say, oh man, that's messed up, Jesus. That's not fair. No, 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 no. And this is the, I think, this is, this is the part that, I, I, that for this portion of Scripture, verse 4 through 44. Look, I love talking about the, the goodness of God. Oh, I love His grace. I love His mercy. I love His kindness. I love it. I love His gentleness. You know, but if I don't tell you that our God is a righteous judge. If I don't tell you that, if I leave that out, I am failing. I am deceiving. And I am not giving you the whole counsel of God. Okay. Jesus is a righteous judge. Okay. I love it so easy. And I love talking about Jesus is the lamb. Right? He is a lamb. He is. He is. John 1, 29. John verse 1, 29. You know, says the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and, and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So we love that. It's easy to preach about that the, the lamb. Jesus the lamb. Long-suffering. Gentle. You know, like I said, loving and kind. But I need to be truthful and I need to tell you about Jesus the lion. 
Revelation 5.5, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that we can open the scroll and its seven seals. Jesus is also the lion. Jesus is a righteous judge. Jesus will judge. Psalm 75.11 tells us, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Again, Psalm 76, 8 through 9 tells us, You caused judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still when God arose to judgment to deliver all of the oppressed of the earth. Selah. Isaiah 33, 22 tells us, For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Of course, we know 1 Peter 4, 5, They will give account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. So yes, yes, in his justice, he must punish sin. This punishment is what we call the wrath of God. Okay, John, wow, man. So he's crying and weeping over the city, and, and he wants, but yet he's pronouncing judgment. Look. Let it be known. Let it be known. That, that doesn't bring pleasure. God is just. Yes, it doesn't bring pleasure. Look at, look at what Ezekiel 33, 11 says. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? And again, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us that we were, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us much more than because we have now declared righteous by his blood. We'll be saved through him from God's wrath. So we see that God takes no pleasure. God takes no pleasure in this. But we still have to acknowledge that he is a just God. So what do we take from this? What do we take? My, as we reflect on, on this coming week, Holy Week and Passion Week, my hope, my prayer, is that you don't miss Jesus. You don't miss Jesus. You don't miss your opportunity to receive forgiveness. You don't miss that opportunity to come to him. Bring, you, don't, you don't miss that opportunity. See, they did. See, this is one of the things that we can learn here from this portion of scripture. That Yeah, they, they missed their opportunity. And they were judged. And here we are. See, we're without excuse now. Because here we are. We're hearing about Jesus. Hear us born, us being alive here on March the 28th, 2021. Fully alive, right? All our, we got a heartbeat, we're breathing, we're alive. We are hearing the word of God right now. So it's not too late. Don't make the, the same mistake that they made. Let's not be focused on the temporal, focused on our wanting relief of the present situation, focused on the short-term things that we forget the most important thing. Jesus, forgiveness of our sins, having a relationship with him.
Amen. Look, that brings me to the thing. Brings me to the close here. Is that because it's, this is our time but right now? We're, I don't want to give. I, I I want to give everyone an opportunity to not miss, not miss out, not miss. How do I do that? How do I do that? Well, number one, it's really simple. Okay, I can't take credit for this. Pastor J.D. Frock. It's really cool. It's called the ABCs. So I'm, I'm totally borrowing it from him. Thank you, Pastor J.D. That's so cool. But he says this. Really simple. The gospel. ABC. A. Admit. Admit to God you're a sinner. Admit that you've blown it. Repent. Turn away from your sin. Romans 3, 23 for we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Acts 3.19 Acts 3.19 tells us, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And 1 John 1.9, we know this one, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Second part, easy, believe. Believe. Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and accept His gift of forgiveness from sin. Acts 4.2 Salvation is found in no one place. For there is no any other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Romans 5.8 tells us, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And of course, I know we all know this one. John 3.16, come on, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only. Keep going. I perish and have eternal life. Yes. Okay, so we admit. We believe. In the last part, we see. Right? A, B, C. Confess. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ. Confess him as Lord and Savior. Romans 10, 13, actually, you know, Romans 10, 13, and Acts 2, 21, say it the same way. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord, what? Shall be saved. Yes, yes. You know, that is my desire. I know it's interesting because, you know, as I was preparing this message, I go, whoa, man, you go, you see the love of God, and then you see the judgment of God. It's like, whoo, you know, I, and so bad I want to end on a, you know, I guess it's just the, I guess, I guess who I am. I, I kind of like, you know, I, I like to encourage. So it's like, I want to I wanna leave on, I really so desperately, so badly want to leave on a high note. Have you coming away feeling good? Ugh. But I know there's a danger, and I acknowledge that, that if this is the, what the Lord has given me, I can't stray. Uh, I don't, it doesn't matter what John Barrera feels. If this is the scripture, if this is what the Lord has put, I got to share it. So yeah. You know what? Uh, and in a way, I don't. It's not. It's not a downer. Look, yeah, Jesus is the Lamb, but Jesus is the Lion, and right now we still have that opportunity to not miss it. So let's not miss it. Let's not miss it. Yeah, this world is crazy right now. Yeah, there's so many crazy things happening. But again, God is on the throne, and again. The things that we're crying out to the Lord to take care of and to deliver us from, He will. He's going to. But first things first.
dealing with sin. There's still souls that need to be saved. There's still those who need to come back to Christ. You know. So, you know, I know I, I've kind of, you know, the last few uh, points I've been talking about, those who don't know Christ. You know, and at the end, we're going to, uh, you know, for those who don't know and want to, to um, receive Christ, we're going to pray. But also, I want to talk to my, my brothers and sisters. I want to those who are in, in, a, in a place in their life right now that, you know what, maybe things have gone a little crazy. Things have got a little heavy. You know, things are, are happening. And, and, and all of a sudden, it, it, it didn't mean to, but you're seeing you're, you're feeling a falling away. You, 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 your praying has become less and less. Your Bible reading has, has kind of dwindled and used to go from once a day to now maybe every other day to maybe, well, when's the last time I read the Bible? You know, uh, I just want you to know that I'm speaking to you today, this morning as well. Colossians 2, 6-7 tells us, So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So if you're in that place too, where you've kind of fallen, or things have just, you've gone sidetracked because of what's going on, this encouragement is for you too. You know what? You're just, don't miss it. Don't miss it. The Lord still has something for you. He's still got a plan for you. Yeah, things might be crazy right now, but God has not forsaken you. God has not forgotten about you. You know, and he will take you through it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. So, you know, at this time, let me go ahead and you can join me in a word of prayer. Bow your head and close your eyes. And for the brothers and sisters online, again, um, if, you have, if you have not received Jesus Christ, Sure, Lord, now's the time to do it. You know, don't miss it. He died on the cross. Yes, he went to Jerusalem. You know, you finish the story. You just read later that he was crucified, dead, buried for three days, but resurrected. We have that hope now because of Jesus that we believe in him. Not only will he save us from our sins, but we have eternal life with him. And so, if you heard these words today, and you go, okay, John, all right, man, I, you know, I hear you. Um, I, I, what, what's, what do I do next? Well, we're going to go ahead and pray. And so, join me. Lord, I just pray for your word. Lord, I thank you for within these scriptures. Lord, that we see your love. We see your heart breaking because of the wrong choices the people made. Lord, but we also acknowledge that you're just. Lord, and Lord, we thank you, Father, that even in the midst of who you are, you're still merciful. You still desire that none should perish, and you still give us opportunity. So, Lord, I pray, here we are, Lord, I just pray for those who have that desire to know you. Lord, may you just go reveal yourself. And again, if that's you, just repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that you, Jesus, died for my sins. And I choose to turn from my sins. And I receive you, Jesus, to come into my heart. I choose to trust and follow you.
And if you pray that prayer, I just want you to know that you are saved. And I know we're still in the attitude of prayer. And I want to pray for those who need to rededicate, those who have acknowledged that they slipped away and they've kind of forgotten about just with things going on, they've forgotten about the relationship. This is a call to come back. And if that's you, let me pray for you. Lord, I just pray for those brothers and sisters who, make, who acknowledge, yeah, you know what? I'm not walking close. I'm not reading my Bible like I should be. I'm not praying like I should be. Things have been happening and I've, I've just forgotten. Lord, you have not forgotten them. Lord, you love them. Lord, and you have a plan and purpose for them. And so, Lord, I pray for those brothers and sisters that they would just turn to you and just accept you, Lord, accept your mercy and your grace, accept your forgiveness. Lord, we thank you, Father, that uh, we are in these last days. But, Father, what more of a time, Lord, to be more, to be vigilant. There's so many things going on that can take our attention off you. But Lord, help us not to miss it. Help us not to miss you. So Father, as we close, I just pray for my brothers and sisters here. I pray for my brothers and sisters online. Lord, that you would just be with them, would strengthen them. Lord, whatever situation that they're going through, Lord, whatever's going on, Lord, that you would just let them know that you love Father, thank you for this opportunity to gather. We just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us today for Calvary Chapel Elizabeth City's online sermon series. Join us next week as we continue through the Bible, book by book, verse by verse, line by line. God bless.